بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه معين أما بعد تدسن سورة الحاقة and we have done so far سورة الملك and سورة القلم and the main emphasis in all these surahs basically is the day of judgment the day of judgment in سورة الملك then سورة القلم and now this surah they basically are discussing the day of judgment though the way of the argument and presentation in all these surahs is different from, from each other but the main focus is the day of judgment you know in Surah Al-Qalam it has a mention but there are you know, not so much details and also at the same time reminding about the Quran because the Quran is uh, you know, the book which contains all the details about the day of judgment that's why you know, in between uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps mentioning the Quran as well because if people don't believe in the Quran, they cannot understand the details of the Day of Judgment. So Quran is the main book, and that's why also the Messenger is mentioned. Because if people don't believe in the Messenger, they cannot believe in the book that he has received. So you can see actually the main focus is the Day of Judgment, and because of that, then the Quran and also the Messenger. In Surah Al-Qalam, you know, the beginning basically was about the, about the Messenger. That how the messenger is messenger from God and you know, he actually has good character and all those details. Now it is coming up more details about the day of judgments and that is very and also making very clear to people of Quraysh in Makkah al-Mukarrama and for everybody, everybody else that the people who denied the day of judgment, it was very serious matter. Denying the day of judgment is not something you know like a future event that you don't believe. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like for example, there are so many things in the future may be happening. If we don't know, it is not going to affect us. If they don't believe in that, if we don't believe in that, it doesn't matter. But the day of judgment is not like those future events. Day of judgment is so important. If the people don't believe in that, then basically their life becomes meaningless. And then, not only that, they deserve the worst punishment from God. And I'm going to make the details of that, why it is so seriously in thy eye for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know the belief in the day of judgment is why, why it is so important you know if you look actually uh, you know when the when the Quran came when the Quran came Quran basically is you know more focus on the day of judgment if you look in other scriptures like you know Jewish scriptures Old Testament and New Testament things are not so clear maybe there are something but they, they don't exist at, at the moment but the Quran is full of the details about the Day of Judgment, about the paradise, about the far of hell, about the accountability, about the, you know, the people will be you know, coming to their Lord, there will be questions, there will be answers, and all those things are very, very clear mentioned in the Quran in much detail. Sometimes these things are, these things are very much repeated. You, know, you can also find New Testament. There are Jews who deny the Day of Judgment. New Testament mentioned that Jews basically deny the Day of Judgment. And then you know, Jesus Christ, he reminds remind them. You know, new scriptures come to remind them. So you can see Jews who have been actually receiving the message of God from Ibrahim al-Islam, then, you know, his sons Ismail and Sahar, then their own ancestor Yaqub al-Islam, and then so many prophets came, Musa al-Islam. But very quickly they forgot the Day of Judgment. Or they did not forget, they did not want to mention that, because remembering the Day of Judgment basically takes away from you the enjoyment of this world. You know, once you know that there is accountability, and their day of judgment, there's paradise and the fire of hell, then the enjoyment of this world actually has no meaning. So people actually sometimes, sometimes they don't, don't understand the things and sometimes they don't want to think. So that's what happened to Jews. 
And also, you know, in the New Testament, the details of the, in the day of judgment are not so clear. And at least they are not so many details. Similarly, you know, if you look in other religions like Hindus, you know, no doubt that Hindus also used to believe in the day of judgment. But what happened actually when they saw later on, you know, how things happen in this world. Some people are rewarded, some people are punished. In this world, you can see it, the difference in happening to them. So they somehow reinterpreted that the day of judgment is this world. This world is the judgment. So people are born here, if they do good deeds, they are born again, you know, with reward, and they are born as something new, something good. If they have been doing bad deeds, they die and they are reborn, you know, with something bad. So for example, you know, there are human beings, next time when they are born, they are not born even better human beings. There are other human beings who are not very good, next time when they are born, they are born like animals. Some people are like born like, like cows, some are like donkeys, in the shape of monkeys, you know, in, in anything. So that's what they believe in the reincarnation, because they, they could not think beyond this world. They could not understand something beyond this world. So they basically made this world the world of action and also the judgment both. Reward to actions happening in this world and also reward happening in this world. You can see really if so much confusion actually has been in the world about the day of judgment. That's why there was a need really for a messenger to come and to make the day of judgment very clear. And actually if you look in the Quran and the history of the prophets and messengers, you will see really the basic task of every messenger is to mention the day of judgment. He basically won because this world people can see it anyway. People have their own experiment. People actually can live in this world. You know, maybe they do mistakes, but somehow they can correct the mistakes. But what really they cannot see is the day of judgment. They cannot see that future. So that's why there always have been the need for messengers to come and remind people about the day of judgment. And that's why one of the names of the prophets is what? Nadir. Nadir means the warner. Nadir means the warner. All the prophets, they have come as warner. And the Prophet sallallahu when he first, he received his revelation, the Quran said what? Ya ayyuhal mudathir kum fa'andir. You know, stand up and warn the people. So what, the basic thing that every prophet, every messenger does actually, he warns people against the consequences in the day of judgment. What people are going to face. That violation is very, very important in the religions, you know, the day of judgment. The thing basically the Quran has making many many arguments for the day of judgment and I, before starting the surah, I will make some of those things a little bit more clear if possible and also the, you know, the Quranic proof and Quranic evidence for the day of judgment to come that I, I, I also mentioned inshallah. But before that, you know, one thing that Quran keeps making very clear and everybody can see is the difference between the animals and between the human beings. That actually all the time in the Quran, the difference, main difference basically is the animals, they live in the present. All the animals, they live for the day, for the time that they are there. They don't plan for ahead, they don't do anything for the future. You know, they are not expecting something in the future and then they prepare for that. The animals basically live for the present. You can see any animal, all the animals, they live for the present. If they are hungry, they eat. If they need water, they drink. But it is not that, you know, they, they think about the future and they plan for that. There's nothing like that. They basically live in the present. For the human being, it is, uh, this is not the case really. People, you know, human being, they don't live in the present. Are we not clear?
So you don't see this difference. The animals live in the present. They don't plan for the future. They don't have projects. They don't have actually big schemes. Nothing. They live for the present. The human being, whether believers or unbelievers, it doesn't matter. Everybody, all the human beings, they live for the future. Whether people believe or don't believe, they live for the future. So they always do things for the future. That's how they do really. You can see the students, they spend so much time of their life, 20 years or 30 years for what? For the future. You know, the suffer. They don't enjoy the present. You come to the examination in halls, for examination, for examination, two and a, two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. Do you live in the present? No, for the future. Do you, you don't want to waste your time there in eating and drinking, enjoying the life, having good relations with the people. No, you think, you know, if these three hours are very important for my life. If I work hard and write my exam papers nicely, answer the questions properly, then I have reward. Then you know, I pass the exam and I have reward. In that two, two, three hours, you are not living for the present. You are living for what? For future. People always actually live for the future. When you go out to work in your offices, you know, you are, you know, you are employed. What, why do you? You are living for the future. You are working for the future. You think you got salary and then actually guarantee something to you. People always live for the future. People don't, and if somebody lives for the present, people think he's stupid. He cannot see. So for example, somebody comes to examination, you know, halls and in a city for exam, and he thinks, oh, you people are just wasting your time, you know, just so, you know, you have to eat and drink three hours and all those things. Everybody will think this person is you know, stupid. He has to prepare for, you know, for them. Similarly, when the time of the exam comes, you know, hardworking people, they prepare. And if somebody wasting time, people think, you know, it is stupid. If anybody lives in the present, people think it is stupid. Among the human beings, this is well known, everybody knows that anybody who just lives in the present, people call them stupid. The wise people are those who live for the future. That's always happened. But the, only the problem actually is that this is the you know, same thing for believers and believers. There's no difference. Believers live for the future, unbelievers also live for the future. The only difference is that unbelievers, they think the future basically is limited. This world. They don't see beyond this world. You know, just this earth basically. They don't see the vast, you know, uh, 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 you know, universe of God. They just live this tiny, you know, planet basically. The earth, they live there. This, you know, small life that the world look. In that life, there is the past, they have the present, and they also have the future. That's what they believe. You know, God's messenger remind people, this is nothing. You know, people are not created for this tiny earth. You know, it is not for this, you know, it's more life, you know, 20, 30, 40, 60, 70 years. No, future is something far ahead. So, you know, as I measure you can see animals, they live in the present. For the human beings, are divided two categories. You can see this world. This world also has got past, present, and future. And this also a past before this world. Before, before we are created in this world, there also is past. And after we leave this world, there is a future. This is the difference between the believers. Unbelievers, to them actually, this is the life, nothing else. And this is the earth, actually, they have to use it. To every reward in this world. So they have to work in this world in a way that the future in this world becomes guaranteed, becomes better. Believers believe, no, actually, our past is more, you know, better. We have come, actually, from somewhere else. We don't belong to this world. We have been sent here by someone. We just have come here for a, for a small period. This is not, this is what actually not for us. We came and we, 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 did, we were not here. Then we were sent 
and will die and will go somewhere else. So basically, we are created for something else. This is small thing. So what they are looking to for a future beyond this world. There's a future beyond this world. Now the thing is actually, what is the difference between the future in this world and the future beyond this world? What are the difference? So there are actually few differences which are actually very important to, you know, to, to, know, the, uh, to know this thing. First thing actually is that the future of this world is uncertain and the future of the next world is certain. What I mean actually is that you know, if you spend 30 years studying, is there any guarantee that you are going to live after that? You know, you are working 30 years for what purpose? So you know, you are preparing for the future. But the future for which you are working, is it certain? The future in this world is certain. There are so many people, you know, they got degrees and they died before they got any job, before they could use that. So one major difference actually between this future and the future <coughs> of the next world is that the future of this world is uncertain. You work hard so much, you, know, you, don't, you don't enjoy the present. You are thinking that, you know, this present, nothing really. I work hard, I suffer, I struggle, so then my future becomes better. But the future for which you are working, it is not guaranteed. So basically, many, many people, they waste their time. They have been working hard, they have been enjoying, they actually uh, abandoned all the enjoyments, everything, for what purpose? For a future which never came. The future of, after death is certain. As death is certain, you know, in this world, any happiness, any pleasure that you can expect, it could come, it cannot come, it could not come. The post possibility is there. Any problem that you expect, it can come and it also possibly not come. For example, people have fear of, of cancer. But you know, it is possible that people, I get cancer, but it is also possible that I don't get cancer. People are, you know, uh, you know uh, afraid of being killed by someone. But it is possible that I am being killed by someone, it is also possible that I, do, I, I am not being killed by someone. You know, it is possible that I get a problem and also possible that I don't get a problem. You know, any, any, anything that belongs to the future in this world, whether it is actually good or bad, you know, it is possible that it comes, it is also possible that it does not come. Nothing is certain. But when the next world starts, everything becomes certain. Whether I get cancer or not, this could be, you know, this could be, uh, nobody, can, nobody can be certain about that. But what is certain actually, I must die. My death is certain. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that I am going to die. And everybody knows that in this whole universe, there is no problem worse than the death. There is no problem worse than the death. Every problem actually is problem because it can lead to the death. The death itself is actually you know, certain. Similarly, anything coming after the death is, is very certain. So first difference actually is the people who have been working in you know, the present, they sacrifice the present for the future. If the future belongs to this world basically, they are in risk. They can get the future and also they don't get the future. I know, and very often you also can see that people have got all the means and all the resources but also they, still they don't get the satisfaction. They think they, give, they will get job, they will marry, they will get house and they live a happy life. But ask people, ask all those people who have got the job and who have got the wife, are they happy? Ask, go and ask them that you know you have been working all your life to study. You got the job, you got a nice car and you got a wife, you married someone who you wanted. Are you now satisfied? You don't want anything more? Ask them, nobody is happy. Even if they get actually, first thing they are not certain, but after that if they, if they get actually, 
it, it is, you know, you know, they are not happening. Actually, it leads up to the second thing, major difference. Really. What is the second major difference? Really? Why people work for the, for the future? Why, why, why animals live in the present? Why human beings, believers and believers, both work for, for the future? Why? Because they believe that the one day future becomes present and then they enjoy it. Actually, it is not, basically, it could be that the future never comes. Similarly, it basically certain that the future will pass very quickly. It will become present and then it passes. This future is not going to stay with you. You have been working all your life for a future which will come and pass. It never stays. And when you die really, all your future plans are gone. They die with you. And actually I will give many, many examples from the people who really have been accepting from the East and the West really, that when they die, what, how they think. The second major difference is that the future that you are working for in this world, even if it comes, it goes very quickly. It comes past. It never stays with you. So you think when you become 25 year old, 30 year old, you are you know, very strong and then you enjoy the life. But ask people how, the, how this period of life goes quickly and uh, comes quickly and goes quickly. People, people actually very quickly they pass 25 or 20, 30 and they become 40 and 50 and they die. Ask them. Uh, Imam Ahmad used to say that I don't think youth in a young age except as something was stuck with my cloth and then I threw, threw it away. How it comes and goes so quickly. So the future that you are working for, it comes and goes so quickly. Why the future of the day of judgment actually matters? Because though it is future, it is a little far, but when it comes, it never becomes past. That is the beauty of that really. It never becomes past. You basically are working for enjoyment, that enjoyment will continue for with you and never ends. That is a major difference. In this world, actually, any anything, any future that you are hoping, you want to become a king. You know, one day the kingship will be taken away from you. One day you will die, whether you like or not like, one day it will be taken away from you. Sometimes it is taken away from you when you are alive. And sometimes, you know, God makes a decision, you know, he sent a messenger, takes your soul, you are dead. Now your family, whether they like or not like, they are going to bury you. But what will be happening in the, in, the, in the future, in the next world, that basically becomes present, a present which never becomes past. This is a very, very important difference. You can see two differences really. The future of this world is not certain. The future of the next world is certain. The second major difference is the future of this world will pass. Whether you are poor or rich, it will finish. One day it will end. But the future of the next world is never going to become past. It really basically continues with you. You are never going to die and that never goes. And with full enjoyment. And all the time the favor of God will keep increasing without any work. So when people are in the paradise basically, you can see in the, from the Quran and from the Hadith Prophet the favors of God keep increasing. Every day new favors. No ending. There is no ending of anything. And similarly the punishment is the day of judgment. Every day new punishment. Never ending. So that why the matter is so serious. That why actually all the messengers, all the prophets have been focusing on this. And that why this was the main thing really in, in the Quran. So these are two major. The basically, let me summarize this. You know, people actually, you know, the Quran actually uses these two terms, dunya and akhirah. This one and next one. And the meaning of both in the Quran basically is, the meaning of this one means 
to live for the present. Meaning a dunya in the world, in the Quran, is living for the present. That's why the people who work for dunya in the Quran, they are mentioned as being animals. Because they work for the present. They don't work for the future. The future that, that they think, that future will become present, and the present will become it is just present. And it's not certain anyway. So in the Quranic term, basically, dunya means, dunya means working for, for the present. That dunya means. The meaning of dunya in the Quran is working for the present. And meaning of the akhirah basically to work for the future. And that's why they are actually saying of Abdullah Masood and also hadith in Musa Ta'ala, the Prophet said, Abdullah Masood said that you know you cannot combine this world and the next world. Anybody who wants to beauty, improve this world, he will harm the next world. Anybody who wants to improve the next world, he has to harm this world. That is, that's true really. Because when you are working for the life, for example, in this world, you can see, if you make a future plan and you work for that, then at the present, you are not enjoying your life like other people. Anybody who works for the future, even in this world, the present is being affected. If somebody is working for the real future, the day of judgment, basically, their present will be affected. And if the people who only live for this present, not future, they enjoy more the present. You can see the stupid people, those who don't think, don't plan, they are very always happy. You can see they never have any problem, no grief, nothing, because they just live there. Because you know, when you don't have any future in mind, you, you know, beautify your present. So that is the Quranic term is. Quranic term basically is dunya means to work, to live for the present. And akhira means to live for the future. A future which is certain and which is never ending. So that's why another word should be meaning basically dunya means you know, to live before the death. Dunya means a life before the death. Akhira means a life after the death. Tell me which one is the, which one is more important. Tell me which actually is everlasting. Everybody sees the life before death is so short. So quickly. If passes really, you know, if you ask any anybody who's 90 years old and ask actually how he how he feels. And I, I'll quote actually some of uh, of the people really, you know, the very, very rich people. And they when they become a 90-year-old, 80-year-old, they die really, what they say about this word, amazing really. Because this word basically to do nothing really. So any life before the death at least so quickly passes with the poor people, rich people, they pass. But the life after death, that actually what Quran said about the uh, after that, you know, the thing basically is that once you know, once you understand this 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 whole structure how God has made really, things become easier. But the problem actually with human being is that when people go anywhere, they adopt uh, you know things around them in their environment and they become influenced by that. For example, if you go and live in the Middle East, then you you like a house. As other people have houses, you like your kitchen to be like other people's kitchen, you like your lifestyle like other people's lifestyle. When you go to India, you want to adopt that culture. People are like that really. Wherever they go, they become very quickly influenced. They don't realize really that how long we're going to live here. Similar that is what happened with the human being when they were sent from the heaven to the earth. When they came here, very quickly they become influenced with the surroundings. And they forgot really, it is very temporary for them. When, if you are traveling from Cambridge to London and you go to the train station, you don't think train station is your house. No, you know it is passing by. Your plan is always for London, for your destination. You, know, you don't want to build houses and things like that. You know, you always keep in mind that this is just a station. When you come to the Cambridge station basically, when you are waiting for the train for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 
it, in your mind is very clear it is station you are not influenced you don't see that you know there is actually you know, rooms and people who work here they they are living in, they are uh, having enjoyment in, in the rooms they eating and drinking you don't want to build a room like that or a place like that you know it is very quickly five minutes you will pass people actually have this sense that sense should actually exist for this whole world maybe that's what one reminds you that your stay in this world is not forever it is just your station you are passing by for, for, from, from here and that was the parts of Lala said actually that people should live in this world like a traveler. But what happens we have been influenced and now we are building palaces and homes and this and that and what happens we leave this thing behind. We die and everything is left behind. So this actually is one of the major things that people have to remember. So the way of the Quranic way basically is that you know, strike the mind, keep people reminding the people. You know, one of the poetic works actually, you know, Iqbal, uh, the uh, Indian poet, he has few poetic works where, uh, you know, he has a question and then he asks, uh, you know, Rumi. Rumi is another, you know, Persian poet who was in the 7th century of Israel a long time ago. Uh, it, basically, he thinks uh, Rumi is his peer, his master, and Iqbal is disciple. So Iqbal has many, many questions and then he picks the answer from the Rumi, Rumi poetry. So one of the things, because in modern time, people don't believe that they are judgment, so one of the things that you know, Baal puts in the question is, it asks Rumi, Sirre deen idraak me aata nahi, Sirre deen idraak me aata nahi, kis tarah aaye qiyamat ka yaqeen? I cannot understand the secrets of the religion. The secrets of the religion, they are not clear to me. How can I become a believer in the death judgment? Tell me, tell me how can I believe in the death judgment? Because the, all the secrets of the religion, they are unclear to me. To explain to me how I can become a believer in the death judgment. So Rumi said, Pas qiyamat shaw, qiyamat rababin. Pas qiyamat shaw, qiyamat rababin. Deedane har cheezara shartastin. He said, you know, if you want to know the day of judgment, qiyamat, become like qiyamat. Each type keep, each type keep making your own accountability, your, your own judgment. Each time keep thinking. That you know what you have done, what are the consequences? Every time you do things and see, see what leading, become qiyam. Every time whatever you do, just think really that this is what you have done, I have done, where is it going to lead me? What is my future? Each time you think really, then you know the qiyamah. So he said the way basically is qiyamah show, become qiyamah, become the day of judgment, and then you will see it. And then he said, for seeing everything, this is the condition. You just become like that thing, and then you see it. So, you know, people can make their own qiyamah, their own day of judgment, every, every single moment. So this has to be, because the thing is that people don't want to think and people don't want to make any thinking which can affect their enjoyment in this life. So that's why it becomes very, very difficult. Really. And the messengers come to strike the mind. And then you can see the Quranic verses they about the Qiyamah is striking. They are in such a so powerful that they strike the mind. Really. And that's why Arabs really, they were, they were so much influenced by the statement of the Quran about the judgment. You know, there are a few things if the people really don't believe in the reaction, though actually things are very, very clear, there are a few things which make it really very important to understand really. First thing is really just the thinking that you know, if God is you know, just, if justice is there, then he cannot just leave this world. He must make the day of judgment. Because you can see very clearly things happening in this world and there is no justice. Very clearly you can see. Things happening, people are not rewarded properly. Good people are not rewarded properly and bad people are not rewarded properly. You can see really. There are people who kill, you know, millions of people, thousands of the people. 
But the punishment that they get here is very little. And sometimes they live without any punishment. There are people who help people so much. They are so nice to the people. You know, they are in love of everybody. They do so much for the people. And people don't respect them, people humiliate them, and they die like that. You know, you see the messengers. See Jesus Christ, you know, he came like a messenger out those things, and so much suffering on the hand of the people. And then he left. The Prophet Muhammad came, so much did for the people, and then he left. No reward for, for his efforts. If God actually did not make another word, basically meaning is he's unjust. He's unjust. Justice is not there. His just his attribute of being just necessitates there must be day of judgment. And then also to me that is not merciful, all merciful. Because you know, if people are suffering, and other he leaves other people to, to cause the suffering, and does not take any accountability, and does not reward these people, he is not Rahman, he is not Rahim. And these are the main attributes of God, that he must be just, and he must be all merciful. If this word is alone and there is no next word, there is no mercy. This word kills you, tells you very clearly that, you know, the attribute of God as being merciful, it does not exist here. It makes very clear that judgment, you know, justice is not there. It really necessitates there must be something like that, like, you know, very, very clear the day is coming. And also the thing really, God has made everything in pair. In everything, you can see the day and night, you can see that things are pair. You know, this word needs a pair. This, this world basically needs a pair. This is the present world. We need a future world. We need a pair. We need a soul. You have male and female. You have, you know, everything. Similarly, you have earth and have sky. Similarly, you are, we are going to have, you know, a pair of this world. And then actually the Quran makes very clear, you know, another argument from inside the people. Quran says, look in yourself really. When you do a mistake, when you do a sin, when you do a mistake, why you feel it? Why there is a feeling inside you? Why you feel, why something is blaming you? Why you feel that you have done something wrong? Even if you do it alone, if you do mistake alone, you feel that. Even if you are very powerful and nobody can take any, any revenge from you, you feel inside. Why, why this feeling is there? Why? Because God has made inside, inside the human being this, this sense, this belief that whatever I do, it is not going to be missed. One day I am going to judge you. This is inside, that word called An-Nasul Lawwama. Quran says An-Nasul Lawwama, the soul inside the people which blames them on anything that they do wrong, which blames them, that is the proof that they are judging. Why do blame you? Because it knows that if you do these mistakes, one day you are going to be punished. And that actually very, very important. That actually I can see really many, many believers and people complain to, you know, actually recently last week I was in some of those things. There are people really they behave very badly, you know, in, in their houses and they mistreat, you know, their wives so badly because they think these women, they are so weak. You know, they come angry with them, ask them to, you know, do this and that, which is not their duty. And they think they can't do anything. I was thinking really the people are so ignorant. They just don't know really everything written down. Any industry that you are doing actually, you are going to soon see it soon. That person who, against whom you become unjust really, that person is not alone. That person has a creator. And the creator is more powerful than you. Nothing is going to uh, uh, miss it. You know, it could be possible that two, two good people, they cannot live together. We don't, you know, we also believe it could be that, you know, man and woman, not necessarily, they can, you know, recruit to, uh, together. There can be problem. But what we cannot accept actually is that somebody is just misuses his authority. You know, doing injustice, doing wrong, and you know, and, and being you know so bad with the people. 
you know, the judgment will come. Anybody who has committed any evil, he must see it in this world or in the hereafter. And the punishment in the hereafter is actually more severe. You know, that must come. Otherwise, God's you know, universe actually is not, not, not based on injustice. So, you know, keep that in mind. And also the Quran actually makes very clear what, what makes you think that their judgment will not come. You think it. When people die, they become in pieces and every part has gone, dissolved. So how can they come together? Quran says, just took really. Quran says, you know, when you, when you speak, what happens? You have ideas, thinking, and then you make some, collect words, collect letters to make the words, and make the words to make the sentences. That's how you do, and then you say it. So whenever any idea comes to your mind, what happens when you have to speak it, you get put together and they are there. Not that the words actually exist somewhere and you just hold them. No, you make them. Quran said this is actually how things are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings the soul and brings the parts for that and make it. As you make your sentences, as you speak, as you speak, you know, speaking is not difficult for you. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring the whole creation again in the life, it is easier than that. When people can make their own sentences, they can make their words, they can speak. You know, their ideas can be heard by the people. You know, it is easier for, for God to make all the people assembled again, and they are there. It will happen. So, you know, some of these actually, and you know, there are more than, uh, uh, you know, example more than that actually in the Quran uh, uh, to, to make it clear. Uh, but I stop here about, about, about the proof, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, of the day of judgment. Inshallah, something maybe it comes, uh, I'll explain later on. But the thing actually is, one thing again actually uh, before it started the surah, you know, keep in mind that people basically are thrown in the future. That make very clear in the mind. That people are not made for the present. People are thrown in the, pre- in the future. This actually is very, very important to learn because this is how everything in the Quran is based. People basically are thrown in the future. And this thing of the future is so certain in the life of the universe that whether you want to move or don't want to move, you are moved. For example, if somebody decides that he will not do anything, just sitting, doing nothing, he himself is thrown in the future. Every part of his body is basically moving for the future. If you just lie down and sleep, and I am not doing anything, you are thrown in the future. Every part of your body basically is passing the time. You will become old. And people become tired of people like that anyway. If somebody sits there and you have to feed, or feed him and look after him, one day you become tired of the, of the whole thing. Because nobody likes anybody who lives for the present. People hear something like that. People cannot imagine. Similarly, if the people you know, become in the coma and they have to die, you know, nobody wants that person to live. Why? The reason basically is people cannot imagine somebody living for the present. Because people think this person is useless. He can't do anything for, the, for himself and for anything else. And the only justification for the people is for the future. You can see that. People don't like anybody like that. You know why the people have retirement? Because they think now this person cannot do anything for the future. He has become a burden on the economy, on the whole country, on everything. Even children don't want to live with people like that because that person is not doing for anything for the future. He's, you know, as long as he was working for the future, he, he had value. When he became for the present, he became useless. Working for the present basically means to become useless, stupidity. You can see really, you know, people are not for, for present. People are made for the future, except people who are actually working for the real future, the day of judgment. 
those people, whatever conditions come to them, they always work for the future. Even when they become 70 year old, 80 year old, 90 year old, maybe they cannot do anything for this world. But every single moment that they do actually, easily they can prepare for the day after. They can, you know, they can glorify the name of God, they can subhanallah, they can do the prayer, they can advise the people. Every single thing they do, it is basically making the contribution for the future world. So that why people like that, they are never burdened. Because they are always doing something. But when people consider this world as the main world, and the future of this world you know, as, as the main future, nothing else, then the person, when he becomes unable to do anything for the future, he becomes burdened. Because it is in the mind of the human being that if anybody lives for the present, he is a waste of time, he is useless. Only people might actually those who live for the future. Is it clear? So people basically, no doubt really, whether people believe or not believe really, everybody acts like that. That people are meant to be for the future. They are not meant for the present. And that actually what Quran has, has come and to make very, very clear that people have to be for the present, for the future. And second thing is really, last thing which I want to make very clear really, that you know people need purification. When you become dirty, when you become dirty, you need to wash, you need clean. You cannot live with, with the dust. People cannot, nobody can accept the people living with the dust. The thing really is that this, this earth that God has created and has been you know, lived by the human being for so many centuries, for thousands, thousands of years, it has become full of the dust. And more dust actually are there, more filthy, wrongdoings, injustice, crimes and sins, you know, full of all those things. It really need, needs full cleaning. Basically, the day of judgment is purification of the universe, basically. The day of judgment is the biggest purification of the world. Once it has happened, then the world becomes pure. All the dust actually has been cleaned out, and the dirty people have been thrown in the fire of hell, and then the world has become pure. Uh, pure. Otherwise, without a judgment, it never can be you know, pure. Just imagine, for example, if somebody does a crime, you know, the burden of the crime being dirty remains all the life really. When the punishment for that person, and he, get, he, get, he goes through the punishment, he feels lighter. You know, many, very often people complain that smile is, is, is like punishment. They, you know, they look, don't look very civilized. For example, if somebody steals or somebody does something like that, you have to, you know, uh, strike him, you know, 20 lashes or 40 lashes or something like that. Ask the people who have been, you know, punished in this way. Ask them how they feel really. You will ask them if they will say really, no, it is easier. Because before punishment, we have a guilt in, in, in heart. Once the punishment has been done, 40 lashes, 50 lashes, it was for a time being, after that satisfaction came in the heart, I am pure. I, I have become clean. I become like any other human being. This gone. The, you know, this thing actually, what, the sin that was inside my mind, that finished now. That was actually, you know, the day of judgment. The day of judgment is the biggest purification of the whole universe. Because the whole universe, because the crimes of the people, because the sins of the people, because the wrongdoings of the people, because the justice has become so dirty that no way to clean. God will make the day of judgment to purify the whole universe. The judgment actually will make everything clean, purify, and things become okay. And also the thing is, when you need to make a new order, you need to make destruction. If you want to make a new house, build a new house, you have to demolish the whole building, and then new house comes. The day of judgment really is that, that is it. Everything will destroy, and the new world will be built. Paradise and the fire of hell, new world will be built. Because this world basically needs destruction. So much wrong goes. It needs to be destroyed. And that actually is also something which is mentioned by one of the poets actually in Verdi, who learned very nicely. I read that. 
اسے گرچ برہم ہے قیامت سے نظام ہست بود ہیں اسی آشوب سے بے پردہ اسرار وجود دو اٹ از ٹرو دیٹ وین دا قیامہ کمس وین دا ڈے آف ججمنٹ کمس ریلی ایور از ڈسٹرائڈ دا ارتھ از ڈسٹرائڈ دا اسکائی دیٹ ڈسٹرائڈ سن از ڈسٹرائڈ مون از ڈسٹرائڈ اسٹارس آف دار ایور کین ٹو ہیز ڈسٹرائڈ سو مچ ڈسٹرکشن ہیں اسی آشوب سے بے پردہ اسرار وجود بٹ دس پرابلم دس ڈیفیکلٹی This thing that the universe is going to force actually, face it, from that problem, from that destruction, actually emerges the secrets of the universe. All the secrets of the universe actually emerge from the destruction. Zal-zal-e se koho, dar urte hai maaninde sahab, zal-zal-e se wadiyo mein taala chashmo ki namur. When the earth comes, so much many things are, you know, destroyed. But from that, those earthquakes, there are so many new springs, so many places for the water. They come out from, from, from the earth, and new system actually emerged from those earthquakes. Then he said, Har nai ta'amir ko lazim hai takhriwe tamam hai isi mein mushkilate zindaki ki kashud. For every new building, you need food destruction. And that actually was the opening of the new world. New world. So basically, you can see that how Allah has made this world, then destruction, and then new world emerges. That what will be called Qiyamah. You can see the witness and the proof and the arguments for the next word is so much plentiful in this world. And that why actually Quran keeps reminding it because it is part of the nature of the people anyway. So now I start uh, this surah inshallah. To start actually with this title verse, you can see how the Quran actually makes things. The Quran says, Al-Haqqah. Then it says, Mal-Haqqah. Wa ma adraka Mal-Haqqah. You know, these three words have been repeated. Al-Haqqa, Mal-Haqqa, Wa Ma Adraqa Mal-Haqqa. You know, just they strike the mind of the people. And no doubt, like, the day of Qiyamah, the day when everything will be destroyed, and when people are brought together, it has got many, many names in, in the Quran. Why? Because it has got many, many attributes. To very often, Quran wants to, you know, uh, remind people different aspects of the day of judgment, to, it uses new attributes. Like, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to when we say Rahman, it's same Allah, but you know, it uh, focuses on a particular uh, 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 attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we say Al-Ghaffat, same Allah, noun is the same, you know, named is the same, but new attribute reminds that to do aspect of, you know, his, his attributes. So whenever you find out with anybody, you can say, this is my friend, he is scholar. So, you know, same friend, is scholar, but also you can say that, no, he is a good writer, he is a teacher, he is very nice to the people. So all these attributes basically are different aspects of the same person. Similarly, the Qiyamah, the Day of Judgment, Resurrection, when people actually are, you know, everything destroyed and people are brought again to the existence and judgment happening, the Quran has given for it many, many names because each name basically tells a different aspect of the same day. So now Quran here actually using one, you know, special attribute of the Day of Qiyamah, Day of Judgment, Day of Resurrection. And the Day of Resurrection basically in the Quranic term, it has two major stages. The one is that one time, you know, uh, you know, trumpet, you know, the, the horn will be blown and then everything will be destroyed. All the earth, the sun, the moon, the sky, everything will be destroyed. Full destruction will happen. And then after that, after a while, we don't know how long it will take. Then another time, you know, the horn will be blown and then everything, whatever God wants, they will become into existence. So they are two Both are two days hereafter, but this is how things are. So very often the Quran sometimes mentions both of them separately, and sometimes Quran mentions one of them, and then the other comes details of other also mentioned because they are so much connected to each other. So they are mentioned very often. You can see here as well, the Quran mentions only one blowing, 
but Quran also mentioned in the same way the details of the other bullying as well. So first thing is uh, this, that day of judgment actually has so many attributes because it will come, you know, destroy everything. It needs a name for that. It will come with a, such a strong sound that will like knock at the ear of the people. It needs a name for that. You know, it also certain it is real. Everything in this life is not real. That actually is what we have to understand really. Whatever happening here is just like a dream. Not real really. You know, people say I'm happy. But look properly. Are you really happy? You know, fine, Allah, 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 Allah wants people to be happy in this world as well. But happiness is not real. It comes and goes very quickly. People say I'm sad. But the sadness is not real. It comes and goes very quickly. Anything that is here, not real. But the day of judgment is real. Everything that is there is real. You know, enjoyment is real. Sadness is real. Punishment is real. Reward is real. Whatever people get there, is, everything is real. In this world, nothing is real. That is the real world. This world has been made temporary, and that is the real world. This world could be not certain. Like for that, I have seen, you know, you, can, you see, your future is not certain. Can anybody guarantee for you a future? No. We know that our future is not certain. Next world is certain. It's another name is certain. It must come. It is inevitable. It must come. Then nobody can avoid that. You know, these aspects are there really. So Quran actually is going to mention all those things. So the first thing Quran is saying what? Al-Haqqatu. Al-Haqqa basically is coming from the Arabic word. Haqqa yahiqqu. What it means? Means to something to be true. Something truly happening. Something truly falling. That Haqqa. You know, something becomes, you know, it, it must be, if it is falling, it's going to really happen, it must be obligatory. It must be necessary. But then something, you are going to face it real, it's also necessary. Because when something you must face, it is really going to happen in the real way, it's also inevitable, it's actually obligatory. That's why haq, meaning of haq in Arabic language also is wajib. Like the Prophet says, al-witr haqqun. The prayer of witr is haq means what? Wajib, it's obligatory. People must do it. Because anything that happens, must happen, it becomes also like obligatory, necessary, it must happen. So haqqa means really something real, something you know, going to happen, something going to fall on the people, that means that haqqa. Al-haqqa is adjective. When adjective comes, it must have a noun. What is the noun for al-haqqa? Because haqqa here is feminine. In Arabic language, you have al-haqqa, that is masculine. When it's al-haqqa, it is feminine. That comes for the feminine. So whenever, you know, in anything, for example, when you say imra'atu, for example, if I say rajulun kareem, a noble man, if I want a noble woman, I will say what? Imra'atu kareematun. I will say rajulun sharifun. Imra'atu sharifatun. So you add ta. Quran has added here ta. Al-haqqatu. The way in Arabic languages, you know, no doubt, in every language there are masculine feminine. But there are real masculine feminine, like you know, among the living things. But the Arabic language, everything without the living or non-living, they actually have, you know, this thing. Some are masculine, some are feminine. You know, even if you can not see any gender there. So like the day of judgment, Qiyamah, you know, it is nothing to do with being masculine or feminine. But still Arabs call it feminine. Similarly, for example, like the earth, it is in the Arabic language, feminine. You know, it is like that. It's spring, like water from where the water comes. It is actually feminine. Because, like war, every name of the war in Arabic language is feminine. Because the Arabic mind basically is anything that generates something from which many minutes appear, it is like feminine, like feminine. So, they, you know, this is how their language is. To anything that we can see really, things coming from there, 
which actually, you know, where things are not actually just bound to that thing, limited to that thing, speed, it becomes feminine. So for the war, because war generates so many problems. So that's why the name of the war in Arabic language is feminine. So similarly, the earth, because earth actually, everything comes from them. That's why the name of the earth in Arabic language is feminine, because actually, like, like, like the women. And actually, the Quran actually makes very much similarity between the earth and between the womb of the mothers. Both are very, very similar. Both generate so similarly, the earth, the Quran said, you know, the day will come when the, the earth will throw its burdens like the, like, the, like the women deliver their children to help. So the earth is similar to the, you know, similarly the day of the earth, basically. It is, it, it is actually feminine. And the name for that, you know, is As-Sa'a. As-Sa'a, the hour. And As-Sa'a has stopped. So As-Al-Haqa means, I As-Sa'a-Tul-Haqa. As-Sa'a-Tul-Haqa. The real hour. That is meaning. Asa'atul haqqa means the real hour. Every hour, every time that we are passing, nothing really. You can see really the how Quranic thing to do. That you know the time, the sense of the time that we have got here, it is just a dream really. In all this time, in this world, past, present, and future, is really just you know illusion. It doesn't that exist really. Not real time. You know the past is not real. You know, nothing is real really. Everything you know finished so quickly. The real time, the real hour, basically, the day, you know, that, that, that the hour really. So the Quran called what? Asa'at al-haqa. Asa'atul haqa. The real hour. It will come. So it is not reality. Not actually people. Sometimes people translate. Though it can mean really, reality. But you know, it is, it is not a noun. It is an adjective. Al-haqa means it is an adjective. Asa'atul haqa. The real hour. And that's why you can see the people who wrote the like, you know, Most of the time when I give the meaning, you know, of the many, many words, I take from Zamakhshari, uh, you know, his book, Al-Kashshar. Sometimes I go to other people as well for the meaning, but he is the main source because he is the expert of the Arabic language and the grammar and the, you know, one of the most eloquent people in Arabic language. Though he's not, you know, from, from Arab world, basically, he was from Khwarizm, from Central Asia, but the Arabic amazing, really, you know, he's, a, he's a, a for the grammar and whatever. You like. People say, hardly you can find any man of the grammar, any expert of the grammar who writes good language. People of the grammar, they can analyze the language, but when it comes to writing, they don't write nicely. Like people as a critic, you know, in literary criticism, there are people who criticize, you know, they make critic of the, of the poetry. If you ask them to write a good poem, they can't write themselves. So, you know, they can, they can have good critic, but they can't write, except the Dhamakshari. People say Dhamakshari is the only person in Arabic, in Arabic history of Arabic language who is good, the best, one of the best experts of the grammar, and at the same time, best writer. His Arabic is amazing, really, you know, in anything you read. The only problem is for, for us, actually, he is the Mu'tazili. Mu'tazili, actually, are the people, you know, somehow, you know, believe more, you know, in textual arguments and this and that, and they are not, you know, in, you know somehow, they differ in some things from the people of the Ahl-Sunnah Jama'ah, but he, that, that is, that's why many people criticize his tafsir, like Imam Al-Tamir, Rahmatullah Ta'ala, he is one of the great critics of the Maqshari, and he thinks very bad, no doubt, really, when he comes to those aspects of tafsir, so, you know, no doubt, really, he supports himself and criticizes other people. So that aspect I don't take from him. But for the language and for the eloquence of the language of the Quran, for the balaga, for, you know, for the beauty of the language of the Quran, he's the best person. And all the people who wrote tafsir after that, everybody depends on him. Everybody borrows from him. So he's basically one of the, you know, important authority on the language of the Quran and the beauty of the usage of the Quran is the authority. So that's why, to, uh, maybe I don't mention him all the time, but the, most of it actually, when I mention the meaning of any word, I take from uh, the Mokshari. So he says, Al-Haqqa means, I asa'atul wajibatul wuku'a. 
the hour that must happen. That is meaning of haqqa. Al-thabitul maji. The one is coming the firm. Al-thabitul maji. Allati hiya aatiyatul la rayfiya. One which is coming and there is no doubt when it's coming. So this is one meaning, he says. The second meaning of also al-haqqa is awillati fiha hawaqul umur mil hisab wasthawab wal-aqab. Or the second meaning is that in this hour, those things will come which are certain. People will face the judgment, people will face the reward, people will face punishment. So those things which are certain, they will come in this, in this hour. That was the name al-haqqa. So either al-haqqa is because it must come, or second meaning is al-haqqa. Why? Because those things which are firm, they will come in this hour. So that was the name is al-haqqa. The third meaning actually is, which I prefer more, but anyway, uh, which means Allati tahiqqa al-umur, tahiqqa fi al-umur. Haqqa means the hour in which the things will known, as the things real, real forms will be known. Before that, people don't know the things, uh, you know, as they are really. You know, the way we look at the things now, we don't understand them properly. But when the hour will come, then our understanding of everything will become real. Then we'll know the real things behind everything. So he said, our basically means what? They said, Allati tahiqqu fi al-umur ayatu'rafu ala al-haqiqa. The hour in which everything will be known as reality. So you can say al-haqqa means the real hour. The, the hour basically, that there's no deception there. There's no illusion, nothing real. Like in this world, it could be that sometimes you can think, you understand something. And then you find, oh no, I misunderstood. There's misunderstanding. Best, the basic thing really is when people will come in that hour, they will know that all their life they have been misunderstanding. Everything that we knew, it was actually misunderstanding. We have been spending so much time for things that we didn't matter. Like for example, in our time, if somebody comes into examination, in the examination hall, he sleeps for three hours, and he's spending too much time eating, eating and drinking there, what will say? Stupid, too much time for something who does not deserve. He should spend time in writing the answers. When the, uh, that hour will come, then we know that we real uh, things. Then we realize actually things about which we have so much important, they were not so important. We spent so much time to build a house, it was not so important. We spent so much time with talking with people and over the phone and watching the TV, they were not so important. Th that will come really. That actually happens, the real thing. The hour when everything you can see really, as really it exists. So he said, And you know, he goes more about that. So is it clear the meaning? So means what? Three minutes can be exactly. First thing actually that you know it must come. The second thing is it is the hour where those things will happen, you know, which are certain, like the day of judge, like judgment, accountability. And third thing, third thing, third meaning actually is you know, it is the hour when you know things in reality. You know the real aspects of the thing, real shares of the thing, you know the real meaning of the thing. That is the that real thing will come al Okay, so the Quran says al-haqqatu, to you know, the, the real hour, or we can say, you know, the, you know, the hour which must come, mal-haqqa, you know, the, what is the real hour? 
you know, there are some getting, you know, problems of grammars in, in, in this verse. I don't want to detail it, but, you know, uh, just understand that, you know, to, you know, al-haqqa, Quran is striking the mind, you know, because then, this is the best way in Arabic language, you start with the noun, and then question about that. So, for example, if I say, like, you know, the king, and you know who the king is, you know, if you want to make it strike the mind, this is how you say. So, first thing the Quran says, the real hour. Then the Quran says, do you know what the real hour is? What is the real hour? And then the Quran says, what can make you to know the real hour? Because you have no way to know. And Sufyan used to say in the Quran that two expressions. Sometimes, ma adraka, and sometimes, ma yudrika. Ma adraka is, you know, the past tense, what has made you to know. And ma yudrika is what makes you to know. In the past, present tense, or future. So there are two types. So Sufyan said, wherever the Quran says, ma adraka, then the Quran answers it. Then Quran explains it. When Quran said what makes you to know, then Quran makes people to know. When Quran said Ma'idrika, you know, then Quran never tells. The Quran when Quran says Ma'idrika, Quran never tells at the time of the hour when it will come. But Quran tells us about the real thing about the hour. It will tell. Isfiyan Ayna Rahmullah Ta'ala said, in one of the great Imam of Islam, uh, you know, he died in 198 of Hijra. He said, Anything in the Quran, when the Quran says, like here it is, that has been told. Anything that Quran says, it is something which Quran never, never told. Anyway, there are three, something more. Uh, uh, about this thing, I'll come later on, inshallah. But if you have any question, please ask.